Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of Lit AF with me, your host, Sarah Cohan. As always, I'm so excited to be back here this week to talk with you about healing your attachment style. Whether you're secure already and you're just anchor, like ironing out the details, if you're running a little bit more anxious, preoccupied, dismissive, avoidant, fearful, avoidant, whichever attachment style you are or on the spectrum you are, welcome. I'm so excited to have you here. Um, this is the place where we are going to talk about attachment in a safe, and hopefully my intention is to be very inclusive space. So um, if you're interested in attachment, if you're like, I'm just finding out about what my attachment style is, I recommend listening to episode 102 just to get the overview, the lay of the land of the different attachment styles, and then come back here and we're going to keep going. It's my favorite thing to talk about, and I'm so excited to keep talking about it with you today. As always, before each episode, I have my weekly check-in, and what's going on for me is my son has officially gone to daycare full time. It's very exciting. It's a big change. I am really just exploring all the different feelings that are coming up from that. I feel so grateful for the support. I feel relief in a way, if I'm being really honest. Now I can go back to working and feel like, you know, I'm doing something that I'm really good at in a way that, you know, I've done this before. So I feel really confident in it. Whereas as a mom, it's a lot of new things that I was dealing with and, and learning about in the last couple of months. So that was a big shift for me for sure. And I'm also just like missing him and missing our routine and um, his his cycle. Like every three hours he goes to sleep. <laughs> we got to breastfeed. We got to um, play. Then he's going to get tired and we're going to go to sleep. And I was getting very creative on how to put him down, not in a carrier because he loved being in the carrier to take naps and my poor back just like really is struggling. (laughs) So that's what's going on with me this week. It's such a big transition and it's so interesting because it's not really like a physical transition where on the outside you can see that happening. It's like a very internal transition for me. So just sitting in the feelings as I like to do. And of course, I encourage all of you to do as well. All right. So today we're going to talk about dating. (laughs) Today we're going to explore if you have sworn off dating, I want to talk about it. And this is super common. I hear this from people all the time, from listeners of the podcast, from clients that are working with me. I'm done with dating. It's too much. There's no one out there for me. There's no available guys out there. The, you know, everyone on the apps is not good enough. If these are like things that you find yourself saying, first of all, kudos to you. You've reached a very important milestone on your healing journey. I really want to honor that. This is like such an important space to be in to basically it's kind of this in-between time of you've realized like, okay, I know what I want. I'm not finding it on these apps or whatever you're using to go date. And I want more. And so until I am inspired to go and get more, then I'm just going to swear it off. And sometimes when we're swearing something off, and this can be like when we're having a break in communication from a loved one, sometimes what happens is we just like get comfortable in that lifestyle. And we get a little too comfortable (laughs) and maybe like a couple months go by and then years go by and we kind of realize like, oh, I actually do want a partner. 
partnership is really important to me. I know that I, you know, I can bring some gifts to a relationship and I'm still somehow not dating. So if this is you, this episode is for you. So first of all, I just want to talk about how the different attachment styles arrive to this place. And then I want to talk to just talk about some tools about how to work through it. So we, I always start off with the anxious preoccupied. Hi, I see you. You're amazing. And what happens with the anxious preoccupied attachment style is oftentimes they tend to struggle with people pleasing. And there's this really interesting thing that happens with the anxious preoccupied attachment style, which is as they start to go on their healing journey. Let's say at first they were dating people. They were very people pleasy. They weren't necessarily stating boundaries. They really expected their partner to mind read. They struggled with uh, chronic feelings of loneliness and maybe a little bit of depression. And they just really, really prioritize the relationship. They want that relationship so bad. They have a huge, huge fear of abandonment. And so they're always trying to keep that person or people close to them as much as possible. And when you look at it this way, look, this is what's going on with your attachment style. These are just like very outdated old school programs that you got during your childhood. And now as adults, it's just time to reassess, like re put in some new programming so that we're using babies, basically more secure strategies to relate to people. So what happens as the anxious attachment style is on their road to secure and they are learning these tools and oftentimes, you know, honestly, and this is kind of my journey as well, even if you're not necessarily well-versed in attachment style, any sort of healing mechanism that is helping you to start to say boundaries, start to get more in touch with yourself, helping you understand like who you are, what you're into, what you're about, how you approach things like money and relationships and your home and your rituals, anything like that, like starting a spiritual practice, all of these things are really help us get in touch with ourselves. And anytime you're doing that, I think you're working on your own attachment with yourself, which is huge. So any like anyone that is more on the anxious side of the attachment spectrum, they tend to, once they start to heal, swing more towards the dismissive avoidance side. And I see this as very exciting because what happens is all of a sudden the anxious um, preoccupied attachment type is learning like, hey, I can actually meet a lot of my needs on my own. I don't need anyone else to meet them for me. A lot of anxious, preoccupied people think that other people have to meet their needs and they're not capable of meeting them on their own. But newsflash, you are. You're so powerful. You know what your needs are. You have the power to meet them on your own. And so as you start to meet them on your own, you start to really swing a little bit more dismissive, which means you become a little bit more independent. Maybe you crave more alone time. Maybe you're like starting to process things on your own and you're kind of starting to expect other people to process on their own as well. So it's this really interesting thing. I've talked to a lot of people that are like, yeah, actually I used to really resonate with anxious and now I'm really more dismissive. And they're like, what's going on? I'm like, you are again, right on time, right on schedule. Welcome. <laughs> and understand just that like, this is a natural part of the healing process. And so what happens with the anxious preoccupied type that is now kind of displaying more dismissive avoidant qualities is it's just important to remember like, oh, hey, I do actually love intimacy and partnerships. And there are some needs that I cannot let others help me meet, like physical connection, 
intimacy, sex, like these are all important needs that other people can really help you meet. And then hopefully they're going above and beyond. They're meeting some like emotional, deep emotional connection for you. And maybe they're really helping you to like get some approval and attention. There's a lot of needs that um, other people help us with. And it's this beautiful thing to let other people in to meet them. So I'm going to talk about how you can start to approach the apps and show up and and let others in. But before I go into that, what I want to do is go through the other attachment types. So dismissive avoidance that have sworn off dating are oftentimes just convinced that um, they want to be independent, that it's safer to be independent, that they really need to process on their own, and it's not safe to actually process with other people. They probably started off more like in this side of this attachment spectrum and are continuing to stay in this side of the attachment spectrum. And what happens with dismissive avoidance that are trying to date is they crave relationships. They do want a relationship, but they just aren't safe. Like they oftentimes experienced neglect from a caregiver or some sort of abuse, or they just were like laughed at for having needs or emotions, which is so tough. I really, really resonate with this attachment style. And so what's happening with the dismissive avoidant is that they really need to understand that they are actually safe and that they create that safety within themselves. And it's okay to let other people in. It's totally safe to let other safe people in to help you connect more with them, to help you be in community with others, to learn how to process with others to learn how to be vulnerable. So it can be this really beautiful symbiotic thing when we find someone that we can trust that is trustworthy and that can help bring out that side of us. And then in the middle, my favorite attachment style, the fearful avoidant. Hi, hello. So look, dating can be really scary because you crave, you crave relationships. You want relationships so bad. But then when you start to date people, it can be really scary because you're like, oh, actually, I don't trust this. I don't want this. And what's happening is you just could not trust your caregiver growing up. There was oftentimes just chaos in the home, turbulence. And what's happening is you actually need to create this beautiful, deep trust within yourself in order to go out into the world and start to trust other people and start to let them in. And you're probably already experiencing this. You are likely very charismatic on your first dates. You are really into meeting new people. You can be very, very present with new people. And people probably love that about you. And here's why you're doing that. Because you had to attune to your caregiver growing up to make sure that you were actually safe. You had to pay attention to their moods, their needs, any little thing that was like a a precursor of like, oh, someone's going to get upset. This is a small red flag that's going to grow and grow and grow, and they're not going to be happy. So I just need to attune to everyone else in order to stay safe, as safe as possible. And so as an adult, what's happening is you're on these dates and you're just like listening fully to this other person and you're really attuning to them. And they might even be like really attracted to that or turned off by that. Who knows? We don't know. But you're doing this in order to stay safe. You're doing this to like pick up like on any little pattern what's going on with them, what, um, what could they be thinking, what might be, you know, setting them off, am I being, am I being approved of right now, am I getting approval, like that kind of thing. And um, what's happening with the fearful avoidant is basically you are learning how to take that external or internal chaos level 
and just try to get comfortable with it. Try to be vulnerable about it. Try to ask for support with it and truly start to let other people in on a more consistent basis. By creating that consistent trust with yourself, you're actually going to start this beautiful, deep well, this like really unshakable core that you can now bring to any relationship. And so now I want to talk about just just some things all of these attachment types can use to approach dating. And oh, you know what? I should mention secure before I move forward. Because if you are listening to this episode and you run a little bit more secure, then what I want to encourage you is just to understand like, okay, what stories do I have around dating that were based on one specific incident? Maybe you picked up just like some uh, dating story when you were younger about uh, something somebody said to you or something like that. You might just have like a very deep belief that was just created probably like around childhood. I mean, we're not really dating when we're in childhood, but perhaps when you were a teenager or college days. Recently, Chelsea Reif was on the um, podcast on episode 118 talking about healing her anxious attachment style. And she was sharing about how being in a sorority and dating men, boys, men, (laughs) um, at her college that were just constantly like going through the um, sorority house and not sticking around and just leaving constantly, just being like, okay, cool. Next done. Let's get like, who else is around here? Like next, that that really affected her attachment style. There is research that shows that our brain actually doesn't stop developing until we're 25. So there could be some experiences from your early 20s that have created just some sort of belief in your brain about how you're showing up in dating or what dating is. So just think about that and think about how you're approaching it. And that can help you figure out like, okay, what's here that I'm um, fearing or that I am afraid is going to come up while I'm on dates so that you can start to address it. So while you are thinking about this, first of all, what I want you to do is just connect with the reason why you want to date. Think about it right now. I'm just going to let you just think about that. Is it um, because you want partnership and you want to share your life with someone? Is it because you want to start a family and you're looking for someone that is solid in their beliefs and their ability to take care of others? Is it to create just like a deep friendship with one person that's going to be your partner? Think about it. Because whatever that reason is, is so valid and it is so unique to you. And so I also want you to really be open to the process of dating. I shared this recently on a podcast. I'm going to share it again here. And that is Tara Newton Gill, a fantastic dating coach, talks about dating as if it's like vintage shopping. And I love this because when you're dating, you got you to gotta really sift through a lot of profiles. You got to sift through an actual like, so you're sifting through a lot of profiles. Then you're going on dates. So you're sifting through a lot of dates. So you're actually like going out, meeting the person, seeing like, okay, do I actually like this person? Can we hold a conversation? Are we into the, each other? Do I like the way that they're eating or talking with a waiter or um, driving your car, whatever it is? You're basically sussing out like, 
could we be a match for each other? So it's just like you're kind of whittling down the options again and again and again and again. And the fun thing about dating, well, not the fun thing, I'm being sarcastic, is that it's got it's a two-way street, right? Like you have to like them and they have to like you. And as an anxious preoccupied and a fearful avoidant, I always want people to like me. And that's because I was really outsourcing my own validation to other people. So I really wanted, I'd be on a date. I'm just like, oh, I just want them to like me. Not really even thinking, do I like this person? Am I into them? Can Like, am I engaging here in a way that I love? Like, what about me? What are my preferences? And I know that can sound selfish to some of you. It can sound really selfish to start to turn around and be like, wait a second, what am I into? But this is a really important step in dating because... If you're just going through the motions and just hoping someone's going to like you and then someone starts dating you, a couple months down the line, eventually, it's not going to be right now, but eventually and probably pretty soon, you're going to realize like, I have nothing in common with this person or they do this thing that really drives me crazy or I, I'm just not really having any fun. And so you've just spent months with that person just focusing on them and um, making taking care of them and making sure that their interests are being met. Instead of being like, wait, am I actually into this? You can spend a lot of time with someone that you don't actually really enjoy. And your time is honestly your most precious asset in this whole world. I know a lot of us think it's money, but trust me, it is time. We have just a short life on this planet as humans, and it's beautiful, and it's fleeting, And so we got to make sure that we're spending our time in a way that we are getting fulfilled. Our cup is getting filled up. So I want you to think about it. Like when you're on that date, like, am I actually having a good time? So think of dating like vintage shopping, right? It's going to take a while. You have to look through each shirt on the rack. You can't just approach a rack and be like, I know exactly what's on here and nothing is on here for me. No, you have to actually go through and be like, okay, Look at this shirt. Is it the size that's going to fit me? Do I like this color? Is it in my price range? No? Okay. Keep going. So think about it like that. And I hope that that gives you a little bit more patience with the process because everyone's got to go through it. Don't spend too much time on it. If you're like, I have been through like swiping through every app and you're realizing like, oh, I'm spending hours a day on this. Cool it. Like just figure out like how, what's your threshold for how much time you can actually spend on dating. And if it's making you feel frustrated, pro tip, probably because you're spending a little bit too much time on it. So pull it back. Maybe it's an hour, a week, a day, figure out what's right for you. I had a rule where I was like, okay, when I'm taking a bathroom break, then I'm going to swipe. So just do it for like 15 minutes a day. That was it. And every couple of months, I highly recommend taking a break. And when you take a break, take a full break, delete those apps. Don't worry about that profile that you created. You're going to be a whole new person when you're done with this break. You can create a new one if you want to. Take a screenshot of it. That way you won't forget it. But just delete the apps and take that full break. Do not take a partial break. Don't be like, I'm still looking, but I'm not dating. No, 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 no. Take the full break. It's like going on vacation. You actually need to reset. You actually need to let go. Forget about it. Think about something else. Fill your cup up and then come back to it. When you're like fully energized, fully like passionate about what with the possibility of what's out there. And I want you to really think about the fact that you are bringing something to this relationship as well. You are bringing something to the table in this relationship. You are awesome. I'm pumping you up right now because you are. 
I can't tell you how many clients I work with where we're talking about dating or we're talking about friendships and they just have such a loud negative inner critic. I resonate with this so much. I get it. Our brains are wired to keep us safe. So it's constantly saying like, okay, this moment you weren't accepted. You got to really watch out for that. That joke didn't land. You got to make sure it's funnier next time. Ooh, you don't look like this model hot lady on Instagram. So you really need to cut back on what you're eating. These are the things that our brain is feeding us in order to keep us safe. And it's trying its hardest. It's trying its damnedest. It wants to help you. But again, we have to realize, okay, this is like, we can use this mechanism, but in a smarter way that's more gentle, that is more approving, that is more compassionate with ourselves. So really start to pay attention to your inner critic. Start to befriend it. We're not trying to kill the inner critic. We want to be friends with the inner critic. Because the inner critic, is, when you think about it, is bringing us blessings. It's trying to help us. So think about a time when it actually did help you and be like, yeah, I love you. I, I really do. And I need you to not take over so much all the time or maybe allow a back seat for a little bit so that you're getting just a little bit of a reprieve, just some space from the inner critic. So it's not front and center. It doesn't have to be front and center all the time. And it doesn't have to not exist. We have to befriend it. So before you're going on a date, what I would love for you to do is honestly, like pump yourself up a little bit. Like you are really bringing something to the table. Think about your friendships and how you're showing up there. If that's an area that's like really positive for you or could be in your career. Like what are you bringing to your job or your career that you also bring to any relationship? Are you there for your friends? Are you a good listener? Are you really intuitive and just help people understand what they need very quickly? Are you a great chef? Oh my God. I'm just going to pause there because like, what a great gift to someone. Like you are, you are nourishing someone. You can help nourish someone every single day. That's such a wonderful gift. I wish I had that in my marriage. <laughs> Think about what you are bringing to the table. And I really, this is not like, um, uh, I'm trying to like go overkill on how I'm showing up. It's like just truthfully, like what am I showing up as? How do I show up with friends? How do I show up with family? Whichever one is more positive for you, not necessarily like pulling up triggering things. If you don't feel like you're really like a powerhouse in that area, don't use it. Don't worry about, we're not trying to like knock you down before a date. And the reason I want you to do this is because all of you have something to bring to a relationship, even if you think you don't. Trust me, you really do. And then I want you to be very clear about what you're looking for. If you are looking for a partnership, if you're looking to be serious, if you are looking for kids, say it. Be the courageous one and say it. Try to be as upfront as possible. And then when someone is not matching up with what you're into, Bless and release. Thank you. Love you. You're into chocolate. I'm into vanilla. We're going separate ways. You have different preferences than me, and that's okay. That doesn't make you a bad person, and that does not make me a bad person. Okay? It's just different tastes. You like your Sunday with whipped cream and chocolate. I like my Sunday with no toppings. And that's fine. We respect that. We can make space for all different preferences. 
without having to make anyone feel bad and without having it to make meaning out of anything. I know this is tough, especially again, if we're used to outsourcing our self-worth and our validation. So really try and be clear about what you want. And if it's not matching, if that person just really isn't matching up with what you're interested in, be ready to let them go. And you're doing them a favor. Trust me. I know it can feel like death to reject someone. It can feel really intense because oftentimes what happens when we're scared to reject other people, it's because we hate being rejected ourselves. Rejection can be really tough, really, really tough. But look, it's just different preferences. It has nothing to do with you. Do not take it personally. This is the work of the attachment style to not take it personally. (sighs) Okay. Those are my tips. I hope that if you have sworn off dating, that this can help you just start to think about perhaps one day doing it again, downloading an app, getting comfortable with the idea that perhaps you might be someone that just starts dating again. That could be you. Okay. And if you're looking for some app inspiration, apps are a fantastic way to meet people. That's how I met my husband. It is Basically, you're using a modern tool to be in a pool of people that are looking for similar things that you are. So the most popular apps these days are Hinge, Bumble, and Tinder. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're most likely a very uh, spiritual or a very uh, person that's into personal development and wellness, those types of things. So a good app for you to try could be Meet Mindful. That's really about um, meeting people that are a little bit more conscious about how they're showing up. So you can, that's a little tip. You can meet someone that is into the same things as you. All right. I really hope that this um, podcast helped you in any way on your own attachment journey. That is my jam. If you're interested in working with me through one-on-one coaching sessions, please schedule a free discovery call and to see if this program is a good fit for you. This call is so fun. You get to learn about your attachment style, how it's affecting your life, what's possible for you on the other side, and just like some simple tools to start to get to secure. It's really an incredible, um, incredible session. And it's free. It's free. I'd love to just talk with you, honestly. And also, if you are looking for some scripts on how to have difficult conversations, because dating can lead to some moments where you're like, ah, I wish I could ask you to help me in this situation, and I just don't know what to say right now. So I put together a list of scripts to use in just difficult moments to get support from someone. It could be a loved one, a family member, a friend, whatever it is. Um, I love working with clients on this because oftentimes, well, I work with all my clients on creating custom scripts to use in the moment for hard times. And then this list of particular scripts that I've created are based on the five love languages. So I use the five languages five love languages because they can help you understand like how you receive love. Is it through a hug? Is it physical connection? Is it words of affirmation? Do you want people to just pump you up? Is it quality time? Like, do you just need to spend time with them in order to feel better about your relationship? Whatever it is, whatever your top love language is, you can take a look at that list and there's a script for you to use in order to communicate to that person, positive, loving, secure way where you're asking to get your needs met. It's super, super cool. So if you're interested in that, you can go download that at sarahcohan.com forward slash free tools. 
And if you're interested in booking a discovery call, you can go to sarahcohan.com. That's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com forward slash coaching. All right. I look forward to seeing you wherever you are, wherever we meet, (laughs) on the email list, on a discovery call, whatever it may be, back here on this podcast. Again, I wish you just so much support and love on your attachment healing journey. You're in the best place possible. And I will see you back here next week. Thank you.